welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we tell stories and analyze the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries for your amusement. I am your slippery slithering of a host, Gary, with my wife and co-host, Goldie Ann. Hello, Goldie Ann. Hey, Gary. How are you? I am doing very well. Um, That's good. Kind of excited that we're back to podcasting. Right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have a new way of I want to open, uh, just basically to get us warmed up. So, Goldie Ann. Yes. What's a sea monster's favorite snack? Seaweed? I don't know. <laughs> it's ships and dip. Oh, my God. Really? Yep. Hey, if I'm, <sighs> I'm going to throw in my dad jokes. I'm going to throw them in hard. Yeah, so, no kidding. So I, I like that one. So <laughs> that's why it's staying in. Okay. And as being back, I also want to uh, start off with a disclaimer. That we are storytellers who have gathered information on some of our favorite mysteries to bring to you. Now we're going to tell you some of the stories and legends that we've read about. And we don't attempt to scare our listeners. Well, well I do. Well, maybe we just want to scare you a little bit. Please remember that listener discretion is always advised. Awesome. Especially if you're listening in the dark. <laughs> So, so what are we talking about today? Well, that's the uh, synopsis is is that for today, I want to tell you some stories from the Georgia folklore. Ooh, Georgia, that's like right above us. I was trying to start branching out, you know, cl keep it close, but show what else is in the rest of the United States. Awesome. That's exciting. Now, there is a Loch Ness-like creature suspected to inhabit the vast number of small streams in the abandoned rice fields near the mouth of the Altamaha River in southeastern Georgia. Wow. This week, we talk about the river monster known as the Altamaha or Alti. Nice. So first, let me give you some background information about the river. Um, this is the home of the Altamaha and it grew around Darien, uh, Butler Island, and elsewhere in the McIntosh County of Georgia. The Altamaha River in the southeastern part of the state is one of the largest rivers in Georgia, and it extends 137 miles until it joins up with three other major tributaries until it empties out into the Atlantic Ocean. It has one of the largest river basins in the country, second only to the Mississippi River. The river area is not comprised of beaches, but rather is made up of islands, acres of marshes, canals, and old rice fields. So plenty of areas for a creature like the Altamaha to hide. Yeah, I was going to ask you that question. You know, you said rivers, and I'm thinking, how can it be a monster if it's just in a river? But I guess you answered that. It's a pretty darn big river. It very much is, especially where it connects right to the Atlantic Ocean. And the Altamaha itself is a strange cryptid to describe itself. It is said to having a sturgeon-like body to include a bony ridge along its back. It swims like a dolphin, moving its tail up and down rather than side to side like a fish. And it has a pair of front flins, but it doesn't have any rear fins. The creature possesses the snout of a crocodile with large protruding eyes and large sharp teeth. Ooh. That sounds scary. Very much. Uh, I guess these uses these teeth to catch other fish or creatures in the Altamaha, which make up its daily diet. Its coloring is said to be gray or green with a whitish yellow underbelly. So makes it kind of blend in with the river. 
Reports indicate that it is 20 to 30 feet long, although some have stated seeing smaller or larger versions of the creature. This suggests that the Altamaha is not alone in the river. At times, it has been seen sunning itself on the shore, swimming casually along the river, and has even reacted defensively while in defense of boaters. Hmm. Okay. So that gives you a general idea of the home of the Altamaha and the creature itself. Well, I was sitting here thinking, hmm, alligator gar, alligator gar, and then you mentioned sunning on the bank. I don't know too many fish that can get out there and sun on the bank. <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot of misidentification potential, but the stories kind of cancel out the majority of, of those uh, yeah. theories. All right, let's start off, and if we're going to start off with stories about the Altamaha, we're going to have to start at the very beginning with the legend of the Altamaha given by the Muskegee uh, roots. As with most American traditions, the Altamaha existed even before the British-English colonization and was said to have originated with the Lower Muskegee Creek tribe. This tribe lived along the river and depended on it for much of their food and fresh water for centuries. Children would play in the water and the adults would use it for fishing, canoeing, and transporting back and forth. It was crucial for their existence and the ability to travel across great distances between the different tribe settlements. The Native Americans described a giant snake-like creature that hissed and bellowed in their stories passed down from generation to generation. The Altamaha to them was the protector of the river. He was supposed to be respected at all costs and never hunted. Any attack against the Altamaha would have resulted in the fish disappearing from the waters and the river drying up. Basically, the Altamaha was the very spirit of the river. Wow. And so the tribes would protect it as the creature protected them. That makes sense. And this went on for centuries until the settlers started coming in and adding their stories to the legend of the Altamaha. In fact, in 1734 and 1735, we had the original settlers coming to Georgia. The very first settlers in 1735 that came to the area of the Altamaha were Scottish Highlanders who were recruited to leave their homes in Iverness, Scotland to create a new home in America. Now for our listeners, Iverness is a very famous location because it's known as the city where the sightings of the Loch Ness Monster occurred. Huh. So the Highlanders even named this first settlement in Georgia New Iverness before the name got changed to Darien, which is what it is known today. So you had Iverness in Scotland and you had New Iverness, now Darien, in Georgia. Both of them claiming that the Loch Ness Monster traveled with these settlers to create a new home in America. So the Loch Ness Monster left Scotland with the settlers and now made its home with the settlers in the Altamaha River. Wow, okay. So that's how we got uh, our very own Loch Ness Monster. Now, let's talk about the first full story about the Altamaha and making his appearance with the Schooner Eagle. The earliest documentation of the sea monster was reported by the New York Spectator on Friday, April 9, 1830 
when a correspondent of the Savannah, Georgia newspaper reported multiple sightings of a sea monster on the Georgia coast. The primary eyewitness was Captain Delano of the schooner Eagle, who reported seeing a large creature off St. Simons Island below the mouth of the Altamaha River. During the 1830s, many ships would travel in and out of the Altamaha River base to bring goods up and down the Atlantic. So it was traveled by a large number of boats and was frequented by Captain Delano and his ship. When he was about a mile inside the St. Simons Bar of the Altamaha River, Captain Delano observed about 300 yards out a large object resembling an alligator occasionally moving in the same course with the vessel and at other times laying nearly motionless upon the surface. Huh. Captain Delano, finding himself likely to approach very near this creature, charged a musket with ball and came to the deck of his ship so that when the creature was about 20 to 25 yards away and was laying perfectly still and apparently unconcerned, he took deliberate aim at the back of its head. That's rude. The only part then exposed and fired. That's rude. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Um, I what was it doing? It, Nothing. It was just laying there in the river, wow. minding its own business. Basically, could you imagine, as a Florida resident, out on the kayak and just shooting at a gator or throwing something at a gator? Well, this Captain Delano obviously thought that his ship was at risk and it was his livelihood, so... Maybe it was super big? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he took a shot at it. Damn. And the ball bounced off the back of the head of this creature <laughs> and got its it attention. It pretty much did, because <laughs> the monster aroused himself and made directly for the ship. Wow. It contracted its body and gave two or three tremendous sweeps with his tail as he passed. The first, struck, the first strike of his tail on the stern of the boat produced a shock wave which was felt by all of everyone on board. Wow. Almost everyone was knocked off their feet as the creature then swam a second time and struck the boat again. The whole crew had a fair opportunity to observe their new enemy. But both before and after the shot and they agree in describing the creature as upwards of 70 feet long wow his body as large or larger than 60 gallon cask he was a gray color shaped like an eel and although they didn't see any fins it was covered in scales with the back being full of joints dang so that rules out a lot of things yes it does <laughs> It was something they had never seen before. In fact, its head and mouth resembled that of an alligator, but it was 10 feet long and as large as a, as a hog's head. The head was 10 feet long? The head was 10 feet Jeez. long. Jeez. Well, the mouth and the head, yes. So it, <laughs> it had a right. extended snout. <laughs> now, for those who don't know what a hog's head is, we're not talking about the head of a pig. A hog's head is uh, a large barrel or cask. So if you think of a barrel, that's basically how big the head was of this creature that was swimming and striking the ship with its tail. Wow. Now some of the crew even saw a smaller one that was very similar in appearance observed at a greater distance. But this one vanished when the fire uh, shot occurred, but both were seen afterwards swimming together before they finally disappeared. 
Captain Delano stated that he believed that this formidable creature had sufficient strength to destroy his ship with a single blow, and he deemed himself very fortunate in the result of his encounter that the creature lost interest in him and decided to swim away instead of beating the ship with its tail another time. Five other men on the schooner also reported having seen the monster. And in addition, several planters on the St. Simons Island in the area also claimed that, proclaimed that the creature they saw. But these eyewitnesses said that it was a whale, but no one could say for sure whether the creature they saw was the same one that Captain Delano reported. <laughs> the captain, however, stated that he could not have been deceived and that what he saw differed altogether from any species of whale or other inhabitant of the deep, which he had ever seen with the exception of this encounter. Wow, that's crazy. So he said it was not a whale, and his crew and him are convinced that what they saw was a sea monster. Hmm. Now, luckily, Captain Delano, even though he did continue to sail, and the Schooner Eagle never had another incident to come across the Altamaha, luckily for them. Afterwards, however, there was sporadic sightings of the creature uh, again. And the Darien News was very good at collecting many of these stories and presenting them in a special episode or special issue of their newspaper. So that's where I got a lot of these short little clippets of encounters with the Altamaha. That's awesome. <clears throat> right, because the creature didn't go away. In fact, Timberman, who was riding the river, reported seeing a large snake-like water monster. And in 1935, a group of hunters spotted what they called a giant snake swimming through the river. So that's why I kept thinking snake, but not with the mouth of an alligator. In the 1940s, Boy Scouts reported seeing the creature. And two officials from the Reedsville State Prison from the 1950s reported seeing the creature. So the state prison, which did, could, did overlook the river, two of the guards on the walls also saw the sea monster swimming in the river. Hmm. Our next major story occurred in 1969, Two Brothers Fishing. It was 1969 and Donnie Madding and his brother were fishing from a houseboat on the Altamaha River at Clark's Bluff. The lights were on the houseboat so they could f see fairly well for some distance even though it was getting dark. They were fishing for catfish and had caught several when they decided to try an old trick that they had used when he was a kid. They mixed oatmeal and red man soda <laughs> and they pressed it into a clumpy clay-like substance onto the three-pronged hooks. They were fishing in a small depression in the river outside the rough water when something took the hook. Instead of the typical catfish run and stop and turn, it didn't come back and forth it didn't go from side to side it basically took their bait and ran and ran with it and they eventually came out of the water where they could see it huh. it was 10 to 12 feet long and at first they thought it was a sturgeon but they couldn't tell they couldn't tell for sure until it got a little bit closer and then they could see for sure that it wasn't it had a snout almost like that of an alligator or what he thought of as a duck a duck billed platypus it had a horizontal tail, so it had a flattened tail instead of a fish-like vertical one, and it had a spiny kind of bony triangular ridge along the back of its body. 
and a dorsal fin that was down but they could see it on its back. The teeth were shining in the dark and they were very sharp. It was gunmetal gray on top and oyster white yellow on the bottom. The two men said that it didn't move along the side to side like a snake but up and down in a vertical motion much like a porpoise or dolphin. Donnie Manning had lived on the water all of his life and had seen all kinds of creatures but this was the most amazing thing he had ever seen. He was using a saltwater rig with a 40 pound test line and it snapped like a kite cord estimating from the way it felt and snapped the line that the creature was at least 75 pounds. That's crazy. Well, they were just fishing and yeah. this is uh, they almost caught the Altamaha <laughs> or at least a baby one because this one seems much smaller right. than the one that Captain Delano saw. Absolutely. And you know, you say Redmond soda and that just brings back like a ton of memories. I, I feel like I remember it. Oh yeah, it was definitely uh when we were kids it was definitely something that was yeah. very prevalent. It, I don't think they make it anymore. No, I don't think so. But uh, it sounds very country to mix uh, the cola the, with oatmeal and create your own fishing bait. Uh, you know what? Don't judge. Don't hey, judge me. Don't judge me. Obviously, it was very <laughs> successful. So uh, I guess if you're fishing, uh, Altamaha's like oatmeal and red man soda. Okay. In fact, Ann Davis was the premier local historian for everything that was Altamaha. Okay. So uh, many people would report their sightings to her and she even had a website that would post all of these sightings. And she would actually become more prevalent later on in my stories. Cool. But according to this incident, uh, Mrs. Young, about 7.30 in the morning, was driving south from Darien to work uh, via the I-95 when she came upon the Champy River Bridge. First, she saw the head come up out of the water, and then the thing fully surfaced, revealing at least three humps and a tail which did not taper off too much. Alti was swimming in the same direction as she was going along the river, within the bend or narrowing place just beyond the bridge on the west side. So as she's driving, she could look outside of her window, and Alti was keeping pace with her, hmm. even though she was driving along I-95 Highway. So Alti's a was, puppy. He was making pretty good time. <laughs> the surface of it seemed smooth and dark, and then it disappeared from view with a lunge very quickly. <laughs> Mrs. Young said the shape looked a great deal like the Altamaha postcards, with the exception that she didn't see any fins or other appendages. <laughs> if he did have any fins, they would have been seen in the forepart of the body and underneath. She just stated that she didn't see any. What was the name of that dinosaur? With the long neck and little fins on the body. Well, that's a plesiosaur. And that's yeah. generally what people think the so, yeah. Loch Ness Monster is. Well, maybe that's what this is, too. Well, that's why I said, according to legend, the uh, Scottish settlers brought Altamaha from the Loch Ness with them. Hmm. In the summer of 1980, Barry Prescott and Andy Green were driving north on I-95 at about 3 to 4 in the afternoon. The Altamaha River was lower than half tide. And at a dead-end place was the last opportunity to look at the Cathead Creek soft mud bank at the mouth of the dead end. So this is an area of the river which basically would not dry up but would fall below the water level during the, the tides. Okay. There, the creature was laying stranded on the mud bank, unable to get itself off of the mud patch. Huh. It basically got caught out of water. 
They estimated that 20% of the body was on the bank and about 80% in the water trying to get back into the water. And they, as they were watching it struggle, it was frantically, violently splashing and thrashing, throwing up water as both agreed that the creature was in a panic. At times, there was lulls in the thrashing that allowed them to get a better look as the creature was getting more and more exhausted. The creature was dark in color, either black or brown, with a skin that had not smooth, but sort of warty or pebbled, so a bit armored. The or impression just dried mud. The impression was that it had some kind of appendages, gills, or something below in the water that it was throwing up water and thrashing with. So basically it had fins that it was trying to splash water up to get its head and upper body out of the mud bank. Its movement was powerful and undulating, rather than back and forth swimming motions of most marine, marine life that the pair were familiar with. It was about three feet thick, was about 30 to 40 feet long with no loops or humps, except for a section on the back which kind of looked like a triangle cross section. So again, we have this fin or bony ridge along its back. <laughs> the two men watched the creature for 10 minutes, during which they compared notes to its color, form, and etc. Now before they drove off, the thing finally was able to free itself and sank back into the water without churning or any disturbance of the water. The water basically went still, without a ripple, as if it had never been there. The two men then uh, didn't report the story for many years, but when other reports of the Altamaha started to surface, they added their story to the rest of the eyewitness accounts. That's fishy. <laughs> I mean, no pun intended. No, of course. Of course. Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, why would you wait that long? Yeah, and it's kind of, they were able to watch it for multiple minutes, yeah. but uh, no one took, no one was able to take a picture. I mean, it's 1980. Well, you don't really take cameras with you when you're fishing. Well, you never know. Well, now you do take pictures because it's like, I, I caught so. him that big. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, we're kind of spoiled now with you know camera phones and everything. We take, yeah. pic I take pictures of everything. Yes, you do. But uh, I guess, yeah, they it would have helped their story if they had gotten a picture of this creature on the mud bank. True. Now, the reason that they reported this story was because a year later, in 1981, we have the newspaper publisher. The monster made its splash on the national scene in 1981 when a former newspaper publisher named Larry Gwynn reported seeing the creature while he was fishing in the Altamaha with his friend. Jingle Davis reported the story for the Atlanta Constitution on 16 February 1981 about Gwynn's December 1980 sighting and the legend of the Altamaha River monster really grew. So this was the first time that the Altamaha creature got national attention. That's cool. Uh, Gwynn reported that the incident may sound like another Loch Ness monster story, but several fishermen sighted a giant snake-like creature, maybe 15 to 20 feet long and as big around as a man's body. Larry Gwynn lived on the banks of the river north of Darien, and he said he and his eel fishing partner, Steve Wilson, saw the Altamaha when they were fishing near a part of the river known as Smith Lake. Gwynn said, It was too slender to be a manatee, and it undulated up and down. I looked and saw two brownish-green humps about five feet apart and a big swirl of water. Now, as a newspaper reporter, I guess, well, not a reporter, publisher, he knows how to, you know, 
report a story and get spontaneous reactions out of it. Of course. He said that the thing came frighteningly close to his small open boat as the two fishermen felt the swell giving off by the creature swimming past was like the wake of a racing boat. The swell was so strong that it dipped their little boat, threatening to tip them into the cold December water. The creature dived underwater and did not surface again, though the two men stayed in the area for about a half an hour afterwards to collect their eel traps, both men keeping an eye out for the return of the Altamaha. When the newspapers across the country started running the stories about the sighting, other witnesses began to come forward. Mm-hmm. And that's where we got a lot of these earlier reports of uh, the Altamaha. Okay. Most people were positive that it was not a manatee or an alligator. Harvey Blackman of Brunswick said that it had a snake-like head and was 15 to 20 feet long, and he had seen it at a point called Two-Way Fish Camp. He and two friends were standing on the floating dock located about 30 miles down the river river of Smith Lake where the first uh, sighting was taking place. A giant wave came past the dock shaking all of the boats. So imagine you have all these fishermen who are getting into their boats and fishing from the dock and all of a sudden everything shakes (laughs) as if something just raced underwater and threatened to tip over all the boats. Black men looked towards the water and saw a monstrous something looking slender like a snake, but it was enormous, as big around as a man's body. So that seems smaller than what the others, right? As big as round of a man's body. The others were like three feet wide. Exactly. That's why there's a lot of reports that there may be more than one uh, sea monster or river monster. Okay. Either this is a baby or the other ones might be a different creature altogether that's something that we'll have to discuss okay but in this case uh, black was positive that it wasn't a manatee or an alligator or a sturgeon when it raised its snake-like head out of the water another eyewitness at that time frank culpepper was the owner of the two-way camp and he saw the ships rocking back and forth in the wake of the water in the same area from inside of his camp building. So he was in his office and though he never saw Alti, he saw the damage that it made as it left cruising down the river. One of the men ran inside to his office to get his rifle while the other stood there and watched for the thing to come back. So pretty much the standard reaction to the Altamaha is to grab a rifle and take a shot at it. Stop trying to kill the thing and figure out if he's real or not. Well, these guys were convinced that it was real. Uh, real enough to shoot at it now luckily uh, by the time the man had gotten the rifle and gotten back out onto the dock the creature was gone but he described that it left behind a billow of water so big that it caused the boats to bump around they watched the water for about an hour but Alti never showed up again and according to Culpepper the largest snake he had ever seen in the Altamaha was a whopping 14-foot-long snake, Ugh. making it tiny compared to the sightings of the Altamaha that the men estimated on that day. They were going to basically venture out in boats and try and catch proof that the Altamaha existed. The expedition included search guide Rusty Brown, who took his 16-foot pleasure boat with writers for the Darien News and the Florida Times Union. The Channel 3 News, WSAV from Savannah, was also on the river around Smith Lake to document any sightings. 
The writers could see folks were anxiously peering from their boathouses, bass and uh, fishing boats, and riverfront campsites to glimpse the Altamaha all the way up and down the river. (laughs) So it was quite a spectacle going on. Everyone, (laughs) so many boats on the river at one time, all trying to catch sight of the Altamaha. It reminds me of the the scene in Jaws when they're all... (laughs) Yes, I, now that you mention it, it probably was like that when everyone was, uh, that one scene where Everybody's there was like 20 out. people in one boat all yeah. going out to hunt the Altamaha. Yeah. I, this wasn't quite that bad. Uh, most of the time, most of the ships or most of the boats that were on the river were mostly uh, newspaper reporters or television reporters. So they were coming so out there even worse. Probably. People that don't know what they're doing out there. This is true. <laughs> So, I'm sure it was very chaotic on the river that day. Unfortunately, all was quiet, but that did not deter those who wanted uh, the Altamaha protected. Some of the people wrote to the Darien News negatively reviewing their handling of the Altamaha. They sent a letter. The letter stated that there were individuals in an organization known as SPASM, S-P-A-S-M. The Society Protecting Altamaha Sea Monsters. (laughs) Awesome. Right. And they were considering to ask the Georgia legislator to revoke the charter for the city of Darien so the residents would have to move from the area in order that the monster could pursue his passion in peace. (laughs) Dang. So basically they were going to... get out. Yeah, they were basically trying to... Uh, get rid of the city of Darien so that it would just become home to the Altamaha. Now, an interesting side note to this letter is that they corrected the newspaper writer by stating that the Altamaha's real name was Fred. <laughs> Fred. Yeah. So all these people who were calling right. the Altamaha. So they just came out of nowhere. Exactly, and it, it didn't it didn't list any members, and no actual legislation actually came out, uh, other than this letter to the newspaper, <laughs> telling them that everyone Fred. in Daria needed to move out, so that Fred could be left alone in yeah. peace. There was a bunch of other quick sightings, but nothing really interesting to report until we get to 1992. The reason this one gained some notoriety is because the person who saw the Altamaha River Monster was the former mayor, Scotty Rogers. On 18 December 1992, former mayor of Darien, Scotty Rogers, was heading north across the Champney River Bridge. So obviously the Champney River Bridge is a popular place to see it. He looked out uh, while driving to see the waters boiling as he described the water churning as if there was a school of fish uh, causing the water to disturb. Swimming about mm-hmm. the top, like a feeding frenzy. Uh, very much like a feeding frenzy. Cool. But then he saw a big object resembling an inner tube starting to come out of the water. It was brownish gray in color like an eel, and it stayed out of the water the entire time the mare crossed the bridge. So I put that one in very quickly because... You would think if he was a mayor of the city of Darien, right. one of two things. Either he's very credible or he's trying to stir up tourism and interest in the Altamaha again because right. you know that's what Darien was known for. And so this was 1980? Well, this was in 1992. Okay, and before that, the last one was... Nin- well, there was 
sporadic sightings, but nothing real major until since 1981. Okay. 1981 so is yeah, when the he newspapers... Needed, he needed a boost. <laughs> <laughs> well, this boost uh, may have spurred on the tale of the Altamaha monster in 1996. Ann R. Davis, the person I mentioned before who collected a lot of the stories about the Altamaha mo- River monster, wrote a children's book. Um, so, Ms. Davis wrote the book, The Tale of the Altamaha Monster, Blending History and Legends. So, cool. she took many of the stories that she had, many of the legends of how the Altamaha was first discovered, and she turned it into a children's book. Hmm. Now Is the, it still in print? I tried to find it because I really wanted to buy a copy of this, yeah. but I couldn't find it anywhere. Ugh. So maybe you know maybe if we can do a road trip to the area, yeah. maybe they sell it locally. That's true. But I couldn't find it. It's not like something I could find on Amazon. If any of our listeners know where I can get a copy of um, Ann Davis's Altamaha Monster book, please let me know. I would love to buy a copy of it. Absolutely. Now the story focuses on three children of the Scottish clan chieftain John Moore Macintosh. Now remember, Macintosh is the name of the county. Right. Now, these three children discover the friendly sea monster, and they name him, I'm going to pronounce this, Shatan. Oh, it's pronounced Hatan. Uh, they discover him in the Loch Ness before they leave for America. So, three children make friends with a Loch Ness monster just before they are traveling with their parents across the Atlantic to Georgia. Now, the sea monster follows the three children across the Atlantic Ocean to Georgia. Ah. And Hatan, of the story, played with the children and provided a lookout for enemies. For when the Spanish entered the harbor of St. Simon's Island of July 5th, 1742, the sea monster swam fast to alert the children so that the Scottish Highlanders could defeat the Spanish invaders at the Battle of the Bloody Marsh which actually did occur. There was an actual battle when the Spanish were trying to invade uh, the part of Georgia where the Scottish were set up their their home. Oh, hell, McAllister clan! Um, This is the McIntosh, so... Okay. You'd have to check and see if any of your McAllister clan was involved. Okay. Children grew, were so happy that, you know, they had this sea monster protecting them and playing with them that the families then discovered the sea monster and the people believed in its existence and knew that it watched out for them when they went about in their boats. So a lot like the Muskegee uh, Indian tribes, they believed that the sea monster, which they brought from the Loch Ness, was there to help to protect them and protect these three children. Wow. That sounds believable. Right. So... Even though no one was ever harmed by the friendly creature, they all wished him well. The end. So there's a cute little uh, Altamaha Sea Monster kids book out there somewhere written by this Ms. Davis, who pretty much is the expert on the Altamaha. So uh, awesome. came out in 1996, and I'm trying to see if it's in print anywhere else. But there was so much interest in the Altamaha river monster even from i mean we're talking from the 1800s to the 2000s so mm-hmm. over 200 years of sightings of the altamaha river monster it was finally declared that in 2009 it would become the official county mascot all right Woo. 
That's a happy ending. Well, the Brunswick News in the May of 2009 that said that since seeing Alti firsthand in the wild might, might be next to impossible, the McIntosh County Chamber of Commerce was doing the next best thing by adopting Alti as the county's official mascot. <laughs> it had created an exhibit of a 20-foot replica of the 200-year-old monster to explain how the sea legend came to be and its significance to the region. That's awesome. More than just a family-friendly sea tale in sight, the exhibit would serve as a point of interest for locals and visitors. And along with the life-size version of the creature, there would be brochures and pamphlets explaining the details of the sea story, as well as other area highlights, for example. So basically, it became the center of the tourist uh, industry for that county. Cool, let's go. Exactly. And with luck, the citizens all hoped that Alti would be good for commerce. The replica, if you guys want to visit, and I'm definitely putting it on our list of places to go see, is actually located at the Darien McIntosh Chamber and Visitor Center in Darien, Georgia. Cool. So I have a picture of what the statue looks like in the front uh, of the Visitor Center, and I will post that into our show notes. Okay, he's really cute. <laughs> yes. Well, like I said, the county uh, was trying to treat it as a mascot, so they didn't see it as a monster. They just saw it as a tourist attraction. But as you can, if as when you get a chance to look at the picture, it fits in a lot of the different descriptions over the years of what the Altamaha looked like: long neck, eel-like body, front flippers, no rear fins, a flat, broad tail, uh, ridges along its back. Pretty much. It combined all of the different stories of the Altamaha into one That's and awesome. created this statue that is now available to visit. Uh, decomposing remains were found in March of 2018 on a beach in Wolf Island National Wildlife Review Refuge, causing speculation that it may be the body of the Altamaha monster. Jeff Warren found the remains with his son and sent photos to several media outlets in Georgia where it quickly garnered attention. He thought that the creature was a decomposing eel. The Georgia Department of Natural Resources heard about the remains after it had already become an online sensation, but by the time that they had gotten to it to inspect the uh, remains on the island, they found no trace left of the creature. Huh. Marine scientists who looked at the photos had a range of opinions from the body being some kind of decomposing fish to an outright hoax. The Tybee Island Marine Center told the Savannah Morning News that it looked like a deep-sea shark, maybe a frill shark, although there were no gill slits on the creature. However, uh, after everyone had had their say, New York City performance artist Zardulu later claimed the responsibilities for the remains, and it became a hoax. The artist created it from a stuffed shark and paper mache hoping to stir up belief in the Georgia legend of the Altamaha. The hoax went viral, which was pretty much Zardulu's intention. In fact, Zardulu was known for other hoaxes such as the viral videos of a three-eyed catfish and a raccoon riding an alligator. <laughs> so this is an artist who specializes in creating hoaxes and videos them to try and get people's attention. What did you think of the different stories? Um, some were believable, some weren't. Some felt like they were just trying to garner up some more uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Attention. Yes, attention for Darien. This is true. I mean, there's other places that have different festivals, like the Mothman festivals. Right. Uh, there's Bigfoot conventions. So, yeah, do, so do they have a... Not that I saw. Okay. No, so let's go into the misidentification theories. Okay. There is some speculation that what people are seeing, that it's either a snake, a dolphin, that's come in from the ocean, it's an alligator, and there's even been some outrageous claims that what people are seeing are beavers. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, they might have seen a beaver, but it's not the same thing. Exactly. Now, those who have reported seeing the creatures swear that they know the difference and they are not seeing those types of creatures. Many of the eyewitnesses don't believe that they're seeing the wrong thing. <laughs> the next possible animal that what people are seeing is an eel. It does have the long body, um, it has the elongated head, and it does exist in that river. In fact, there's a lot of people who actually fish for eel in the Altamaha. So do those eels have those big, huge mouths, like those the green no. mores? Not really. I mean, they do have mouths, but uh, according to Paul Christian, there's never been anything in literature about an eel being more than three or four feet long. Right. <clears throat> so size-wise, there's nothing eel-like that even comes close to describing what people have seen in the river. The biggest theory about the Altamaha is, is that it's actually a hoax. And this is mostly because of Zardulu. Right. He kind of ruined it all. He kind of definitely tarnished the reputation of the uh, Altamaha. Right. I know he was trying to drum up uh, interest in it, but it may have had the opposite effect. And Sergeant Ron Wilson, who works with the Law Enforcement Division of the Department of Natural Resources, said none of the conservation rangers who regularly patrol the Otsmaha River have ever reported seeing any giant snakes, eels, or other identified creatures. In fact, Ron Wilson took the very much country uh, attitude towards these sightings by saying that he suggests that the people must have found a still up the river and started doing some sampling on their own. <laughs> So that's how he kind of viewed the whole Altamaha yeah. legend. Multi remains the county mascot and brings in tourism of people touring the shores and the waterways of the Altamaha, hoping for a glimpse of the creature. So there's still many people who are out there looking for uh, the sea monster or river <laughs> us. monster. Us? Definitely would be us. <laughs> All right, so now final opinions. Mm -hmm. um, although there are many theories that have been offered over the years as to what the Altamaha could be, and perhaps that's just as well. There's something fun about having a local sea monster, having our own version of the American Loch Ness Monster. And Darian makes the most out of it. Right. I I have no problem saying he's there because there's so many things we don't know, and there's a Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> and so, you, now do you I think mean, he swam across the ocean, like in uh, the kid's book? No, that's kind of weird. We just kind of happen to have our own yeah. version of a pleasing Maybe there's, yeah, there's just, maybe there's even more, you know. Yeah, it's possible. Every, cause it every does different have, it region does, might have something. Well, and that's what our podcast I mean, does. It's going to look yeah. in every region to see what the local legends are. Like I said, look at Bigfoot and Skunk Ape and the Yeti. They're, you know, different creatures, different regions. So there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Well, being sure to sail out of the story tonight, I suppose this is a good time to make our way back out of the mist and bring this episode to a close. 
Uh, we want to give special thanks to bensound.com for our introduction music. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast to help promote the podcast. We are on social media, and now that we're back, we're going to start uh, really focusing on adding to that material. So I hope you enjoyed our stories about the Altima Haha, and we'll come again for our, another episode, which will be next week. Please spread the word to your friends, especially those who would enjoy listening to our tales about cryptids, ghosts, and other things that go bump in the night. Until then, we hope you make your way out of them as safely and perhaps a bit more curious. Goodbye, everyone. See ya.